from savannahnow.com, this is The Commute Podcast. On this episode, the Arbery family continues to get justice for Ahmad. Earlier this week, the three men convicted of Arbery's murder in state court late last year were found guilty in a federal hate crimes trial. Journalist Raiza Habersham, who covered both trials, is today's guest. Today is Thursday, February the 24th, and this is a Commute Podcast presented by National Office Systems. I'm Adam Van Brimmer, opinion editor at the Savannah Morning News and the host of this twice-weekly podcast focused on news and happenings in and around Savannah. Today, we'll look down the Georgia coast of Brunswick and the latest on the Ahmad Arbery proceedings. My colleague, Raisa Habersham, joins me. That's coming up right after this ad read for the Commute's presenting sponsor, National Office Systems. As I speak, I'm in the office, surrounded by National Office Systems work. And I must say, I'm feeling both comfortable and productive. Owner Scott Center and his team are Savannah's experts in office design and outfitting. They work with top quality suppliers, such as Dirt Modular Interiors and Herman Miller Office Furniture, to create great workspaces. Learn more by visiting www.natoffsys.com. That's www.natoffsys.com. Joined on to commute today by Reza Habersham, who has been covering the Ahmed Arbery trial for a long time. Uh, trial number two just wrapped up. We have a, a sentencing stage left to go and a civil suit that still needs to be heard. But we now know that the McMichaels uh, and Roddy Bryan have been convicted of murder in state court and have been convicted of hate crimes and commission of those murders in federal court. And Raisa, the, the federal trial just wrapped up. Can you kind of walk us through a, a little bit of that? Because I know that there was a lot of talk coming in that it was going to be difficult to prove hate. But here we have them proving it and the jury returning guilty verdicts for all three in about four hours. What what kind of turned the tide? Sure. You know, there was an overwhelming amount of evidence that pointed to their racist attitudes and behaviors. Um, prior to the federal trial, I'd spoken to a few residents in Brunswick who were confident that there would be a conviction in the state trial, in part because federal charges were brought. And there were some people um, who were closer to the Aubrey family who knew that the evidence in the federal trial was different than the state altogether. Um, one thing that we saw in the federal trial was um, racial slurs being used by Travis McMichael and William Roddy Bryan on a consistent basis. This was a regular conversation for them that they used this language to describe black people. Mm-hmm. Um, you also, on the part of uh, Travis McMichael, he often um, referred to black people in negative ways and, and pretty much outright said he wanted to kill them. He wanted them dead. His father echoed those sentiments um, with regard to civil rights champion Julian Bond. Um, so I think that was what the key difference was. Inside the courtroom, there was one juror in particular I recall seeing um, who was just really overwhelmed by this. She cried silently. She wiped away some tears. Um, but she saw images of Ahmaud Aubrey's um, body with bullet holes in them. And I think that was a bit much as well, combined with um, the racist text messages and social media posts that look to be a bit overwhelming for that particular juror. Um, just as an aside, I don't know, one 
particular juror, they never specified who asked if the federal court does provide counseling uh, money for counseling services. And they said they do um, so that juror or jurors can reach out to the federal court to kind of coordinate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was very much a different set of circumstances. Um, you also may recall before um, the McMichaels had planned on pleading mm-hmm. uh, until right. the family just admonished that and the judge said she can't accept this plea deal. Um, and then they had a change of plea. Now the jurors in this case, I, for the most part, many had avoided any coverage of the state trial and even knew little about this um, plea hearing uh, that they had. Um, so it's unlikely that they knew of that. But I think it was just really the overwhelming evidence in the end that's, that made them decide, hey, these men are guilty. That's one piece of it that interested me. The other piece was we didn't have some of the, for lack of a better word, side drama in the federal trial that we had in the state trial. Is that largely because, hey, these guys have already been convicted. They're already going to jail for life. At least two of them are. Uh, It's going to be a little bit different atmosphere. That's a good question. Um, In federal court, there is no uh, recording. Recording of federal trials is strictly prohibited. Um, so I think that in this sense, it was a, felt a bit more subdued just because there were no cameras in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. And it probably curled back a little bit of the theatrics that we saw during the state trial right. from defense attorney Kevin Goff, who represented William Roddy Bryan. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of what you saw then, the admonishing of black preachers, mm-hmm. um, criticisms of uh, protesters, that was not present at all. You also didn't see um, an overwhelming display of protesters outside the federal courthouse either. Um, It wasn't until I believe the final day where you had kind of a sort of a few people who had supported the Aubrey family outside after the verdict was read. Um, So the curiosity, but it wasn't as as obvious because you didn't have cameras in the courtroom. I know in November of last year, the there was quite a bit of interest from the community, and there was really almost a, a tone or an atmosphere around the entire city because of the trial. Did we have? Did you have that same kind of sense of foreboding and some of the other things we had last year? Or again, was it okay? These guys have been convicted; they're going to jail, so it's not such a. I don't want to say it's not such a big deal, but is it? Is it a different set of circumstances for for the folks who live there? You know, I think for the people who live there, they, from those that I spoke with, they definitely wanted a guilty verdict. Um, they didn't. They did not want to be the image um, of racism. They didn't want that to be the face of Brunswick. Um, you'd already had a very um, all, all murders are violent, but this one having it this been the course of two years and everything that went on with this particular case, this was already the face of Brunswick, of Maude Arbery's murder. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that residents wanted this to, you know, these men to get off. Um, that said, I think that the other disconnect is some people wondered, I questioned, well, weren't they already convicted? Why are they going through this again? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was actually one of the juror questions when they were going through voir dire. You know that this is a different trial from the state trial because the state mm-hmm. trial specifically focused on murder. Um, this 
it had the underlying element of race. Um, and I think that that's where kind of the confusion lied for some people, which was, well, if they've been convicted in state, why are they going through with this hate crime trial or why are they going through this? And I think another concern for some people is how would their sentencing in the federal trial affect the state trial? Right. We have the trial wrapping up earlier in the week. Uh, Wednesday the 23rd, I believe, was the two-year anniversary, and there was some marches and some other events down there. I know you were down there for that. Can you kind of set the scene from from that day for us? Sure. There were two, um, a few different events. There were two in particular. There was a small gathering outside the mural. There were some people, some residents who went to go and pay their respects at the mural um, in Brunswick on Albany Street at the, their African-American Cultural Center. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, in a sense, somber. Um, it was a very small gathering. We did have those who um, had supported the Arbery family from the onset that were there. There was also a larger, a slightly larger gathering in Satilla Shorts, um, mm-hmm. led by um, Amard Arbery's aunt, Thea Wanza Brooks. Um, she led a crowd of about 40 people through the neighborhood, um, and they stopped at this um, intersection where Ahmad was killed. You know, she spoke a little bit about unifying, um, but she also touched on, you know, how some people have called the trials a co- inconvenience and really mm-hmm. put it in perspective of when you say that, think about how inconvenient it had to have been for his parents to identify right. his body. Um, another thing she noted was that uh, one parent was on the road and had to find out about their son and to drive back five hours um, to learn this news and to really figure out what was going on. And I don't think that's something that any parent, anyone wants to deal with when a loved one is killed. Um, But she had an overwhelming display. From what I saw, there was no one from um, the actual Stilla Shores neighborhood there. There was a neighbor who was kind of on the corner who was, you know, cheering on protesters. Um, One thing I did notice, um, because I'd been through the neighborhood before, there was one neighbor, one resident who had a um, I Run With Maud sign in their yard. And it was gone by the time trials started, the state trial started, but it was back when the protests, um, or the gathering rather, came through yesterday evening. Um, And and at the end, they released balloons on um, Ahmad's behalf. We mentioned at the jump that there's still some unfinished business in this case. Obviously, the federal sentencing is going to come. The civil suit. And before we hit record, we talked a little briefly about that and the whole idea of, you know, you're not necessarily suing the defendants in this because they they don't have a whole lot to give. Who else is on that suit? And give us a little bit of a primer on what to expect when when that goes to trial. Sure. Um, so the civil suit was brought forth by Wanda Cooper Jones, Ahmaud Arbery's mom. Um, it is against uh, various officers in the Glynn County Police Department. You may recall at the onset of this, it took a while for um, the, the McMichaels and William Bryan to even be arrested because there was just a series of errors committed by the department and subsequently two DAs, uh, two district attorneys who knew each other pretty intimately. Mm-hmm. Um, Ayers is being kind. I might use the word cover up, but I'm an opinion writer, so I can do that. You're, you're right. <laughs> and that is what the family would say, too, that it was right. 
And I think that's also the overwhelming thing from the community, too, that this was going on in their backyard. They had no idea. Um, but the, the Glynn County police officers are listed. Um, the former police chief is also listed in the suit, as well as former um, Brunswick Judicial Circuit District Attorney um, Johnson and George Barnhill, who was the Way Cross Judicial, um, who was still the Way Cross Judici- Judicial Circuit District Attorney. Um, he is not running for reelection. Um, so those people are also named in the suit. Um, there is not a dollar figure attached. I believe they're asking for monetary and punitive damages. Um, mm-hmm. But it's definitely to ensure that Ahmaud Arbery sees justice from the top down. Um, we do know that Jackie Johnson has been indicted for violation of oath. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a misdemeanor charge that escapes me that she's also been charged with. Um, but we haven't seen much movement on her case. Um, and residents do want um, there to be um, some level of punishment for George Barnhill. Um, mm-hmm. They have made that clear that, you know, he gave a second opinion and said that there was no crime committed mm-hmm. and stood by it. Um, and you have to consider that there, these people likely saw the video right. and still said no crime was committed. Right. And I think that will probably always sit with Wanda Cooper Jones. Do we have any timeline on that, or is that just, I mean, as long as criminal trials take some time, I know civil trials, it might pop up tomorrow, but it also might be three or four years down the road. Is there any idea on the timeline at this point? No idea on timeline. Um, ben Crump at the press conference earlier this week did say that they were waiting for criminal proceedings to be completely handled before right. proceeding with the civil, and the civil yeah. had been stayed because of that process. Um I think I would not be surprised if evidence from both trials was also, you know, used as part of this civil suit as well, just to kind of reinforce it because it does give it a stronger backing. Right. I want to wrap up by asking you, having been through this experience, I know it's sitting through a lot of those trials and, and getting to know some of the, the the stakeholders here is it's, it's part of your job, but it also it's, it can be kind of stressful and and some other things as you look back now at, at how do you how do you internalize it how do you feel about it how would you describe the experience you know that's a good question because i don't reflect on it often i'm always on go mode right. um but you know in speaking with my husband about it i think a lot of times i don't think that i'll ever forget this mm-hmm. i don't think that I think the the thing that pops out in my mind the most, unfortunately, is Ahmaud Arbery won't ever celebrate another birthday. Mm-hmm. He will not get to be a father, as his mother once told me. Mm-hmm. And there are so many people who are forever changed, particularly jurors who are forever right. changed right. from serving on both trials Mm -hmm. and I think for me I think I I can tell myself you know I could have the worst day possible you know in you know even throughout coverage I could possibly have the worst day possible but I don't have to sit through the evil things that people have said about my child in their final moments so I think that's where my mind goes yeah. 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 It definitely will uh, shake you to your core. 
uh, you know, you're doing your professional job and, and trying to stay as detached as you can, but at the end of the day, you're a human being and uh, it's hard to internalize. But Reza, thank you. I know you're looking forward to, to moving on to some other stories that this one has been all consuming and we'll look forward to your work in other places. But thanks so much for taking the time to join the podcast today. You're welcome. Thanks, Adam. Other news of note in Savannah today. As Port Wentworth continues to turn, the interim city attorney has resigned and is the latest city staffer to step down. He's number eight, dating back to December 31st of last year. He, like the others, cite concerns about the conduct of the city council. Mayor Gary Norton has called on the GBI to investigate the power struggle going on within the council. Elsewhere, Savannah's growth pushed subdivisions into the farmlands of Effingham County earlier this century. Now that suburbanization is accelerating, and the rural residents are feeling the pressure, and is also fueling growth elsewhere, such as North Bryan County, Liberty County, and Screven County. And on Savannah's dining scene, downtown's favorite lunch spot, the Gray Market, reopened on Thursday. The Gray Market is the grab-and-go sister restaurant of The Gray, one of Savannah's finest dining spots and one operated by James Beard Award-winning chef Mashama Bailey. The Gray Market is open from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Read those stories and more at savannahnow.com, the online home of the Savannah Morning News. A digital subscription is just $1 a month for six months. Go to savannahnow.com slash subscribe now and sign up. One more time, that's savannahnow.com slash subscribe now. That's all for the Thursday Commute Podcast. Thanks again to our presenting sponsor, National Office Systems. For more interviews with local newsmakers, check out the Commute archives by searching The Commute with that Savannah opinion. The Commute returns next Tuesday. Thank you for listening.